We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash lawless. Just go to Indeed.com slash lawless right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed com slash lawless. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real Steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Hello, sunshine. Greetings from Doha. I am Alexi Lalas, and this is my friend, my colleague, my guiding light, David Mossy. And welcome to the State of the Union pod here, presented by State Farm. We come to you live on all the different channels out there, uh, whether it's uh, Twitter or Facebook or YouTube at Fox Soccer. We come to you directly after the conclusion of the U.S. men's national team first game here in Doha in the World Cup. A 1-1 tie against Wales. Uh, Mossy, there, I came right over from the, uh, the set behind us uh, after sitting there with Clint Dempsey and Landon Donovan and Kate Abdo hosting. And there was a, a sense of loss uh, in that this U.S. team left something on the table. And it's a little frustrating. You know, I, I, I want to be positive. You know me. I'm a, I'm a positive type of guy. And I want to be positive. However, this was a game uh, and a three points, I think, that was gifted to the U.S. And instead of being ruthless and taking that gift and putting it in the pocket and not letting anybody take it away from you, they basically, in a tale of two halves, that second half, the adjustments that were made, uh, by both sides, or the non-adjustments when it comes to the U.S., they gave back some points. I'll take a point in the first game, and there certainly is a pathway out, and I can certainly look at a glass-half-full scenario, but ultimately I think a lot of fans are going to look at this game and say, that's the one that got away. Yeah, it's a result that had it been offered to you before the match, you might have taken it, right? not so bad, but... The way it transpired, I understand your frustration. When you're ahead most of the match, you surrender a late equalizer. And there's this feeling that the U.S. is the better team. I think it's unmistakable if you watch this game. Uh, the way they played in the first half, they completely bossed the game. They should have been up more than one nail at the break. And so I agree with you. They, they lacked the killer instinct there to really uh, put Wales out of their misery. They let them hang around. And Wales have a player, we know, in Gareth Bale, who can conjure something out of nothing. And he earned the penalty, a bad play by Walker Zimmerman, it must be said. We talked about the center backs potentially being a weak link for the U.S., and Bale earns the penalty. He converts an incredibly well-taken penalty, by the way, yeah. because otherwise Matt Turner yeah, would have saved it. it. He read it. 
Um, and so, yeah, you, you could just tell in the face of the players. And on our post-game show, we interviewed Bale, and he seemed thrilled about all the U.S. players and their post-match interviews had this uh, air of disappointment to them. So it's clear which side was happier of the two with this result. All right, so a couple of things uh, come out of this game. I thought the referee had a nightmare. Um, for both sides, I just don't think that he had a particularly good game, and I do think that it ultimately affected uh, the game. Uh, Christian Pulisic at times was active and didn't have a horrible game, although I will say that his free kicks uh, and set pieces were not good. And the lack of consistency, and this is not necessarily anything new, is frustrating because the amount of corner kicks and set pieces that the U.S. did have, especially in that first half, and there wasn't even a, a momentary... Uh, opportunity to uh, capitalize on. So that was uh, that was disappointing. <laughs> Walker Zimmerman, you, you can't. You can't do that. You can't do that in a normal game. You certainly can't do it in a World Cup. It's, again, you are gifting the other team an opportunity. Let them earn it. And they, they, they did not earn that. Um, I will say this. When it comes to adjustments, you know, we, we, we judge coaches on their ability within the game in the limited opportunities they have in terms of substitutions and at halftime making adjustments. We heard Tyler Adams after the game talk about how they had a game plan and they followed it and they were very proud of the, you know, the, the work and the result of following that plan. Well, maybe in the first half they did and the U.S. had all sorts of possession. But they had to have known going in, and going in one nothing isn't the worst thing in the world. Yes, you want to score a bunch of goals and you did have opportunities, but that'll, that'll happen sometimes. But you have to be prepared that the opposition in this case Wales, is going to make adjustments and they are going to come with something different in that second half. If they don't, great. But you have to assume this is the World Cup. This is a team that qualified for the World Cup. They are going to make adjustments. And they did. And unfortunately, the U.S. either didn't re recognize that that was happening or didn't have the capacity to adjust and certainly waited, uh, waited too long. Uh, Gio Reyna, I have no idea where Gio Reyna was. We were not informed as to if there was uh, if there was an injury going forward, but it boggles the mind that at some point, and, hope, and I would have preferred it much earlier, he was not put on the field. Ended up not even stepping on the field. So there's something going on there, and I think a lot of people are scratching, uh, scratching their heads. Yeah, on Gio, it has to be a fitness issue. There's no other explanation for it. But if it is, that's concerning because of what he's dealt with over the history, past year. Yeah. Um, you mentioned Tyler Adams, too. I thought he was sensational. Yes. He can hold his head up high. Um, on Pulisic, he did make the great play on the goal. Beautiful assist to Timmy Weah. Uh, I thought he was the victim of some really rough play by Wales at times. To your point, the referee didn't do a great job protecting him. He was showing cards early to the U.S. players. So the U.S. has some important players now like McKinney okay, and Ness yep. that uh, are in yellow card peril. So they got to be careful about that. But, yeah, I agree with you. It was it was strange because, as we said, the U.S. is the better team, so this game should not have turned the way it did. Um, yeah, and, you know, what has to be frustrating for the U.S., they conceded a goal to an MLS player. Right. Jeez. Wow, Mossy, with the, uh, with the hammer there. So as the American fan base starts to digest this here over the next 24 hours and the, and the next days, you know, you go up and down like anything when you have a result, and, you know, sometimes what what you feel initially isn't ultimately uh, where you are. I think this this you saw Greg Berhalter after the game talk. You saw the players talk. I think that they have turned the page, if you will, and are looking toward uh, toward England. You know, the good part about the England game is that this team is going to be in a very familiar um, and comfortable position of being the underdog. They're not going in with the three points that I think they should have had and should be kicking themselves for not having. 
But they are going into a situation where anything that they get is gravy, and they can look to punch above their weight. A very, like I said, comfortable type uh, position here. Second game uh, for the United States, as we mentioned, against England on this uh, Black Friday. It's going to be a massive, massive game. A lot of people tuning in. England, by all accounts, they should win this game versus the United States. But we've also seen some strange pathways. And the soccer gods, they have a wicked sense of humor when it comes to the World Cup. So there is absolutely, this is not doom and gloom just because it didn't work out in the way that we had all hoped and planned. There might be a completely different type of winding, curvy type of pathway that still gets us to the promised land of getting out of the, uh, getting out of the group, just not in the way that any of us intended. There's some disagreement on this, but uh, if England were to beat the U.S., they would clinch around a 16th berth, and let's say Wales beat Iran. You'd have a situation in that England-Wales game in the last match day where a draw benefits both teams. England would top the group. Wales would clinch around a 16th berth. Uh, but everybody I've mentioned that to seems to think, no, it's such a big rivalry between those two that you don't have to worry about a West Germany-Austria 1982 situation. I don't know. I mean, particularly if that, as that game were on, if it was tied... I don't think that's that's. Uh, I, I don't. Th- I think I don't think we have to worry about that. Okay. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't think that's going to happen. But uh, to your point, uh, this is going to be a tall order for the U.S. on Friday. But I, I don't think England can produce the same sort of <laughs> attacking output that they had against Iran. There's going to have to be a come down there. Uh, so I think they'll come back down to earth a little bit. The U.S. can play with them. I expect it to be a very competitive match. A couple more notes on uh, this game. I thought Jedi on the, Jedi on the left-hand side uh, was very, very good. Serginho Dest was was good, but you know he, I, I think he certainly can do better. Uh, West McKinney obviously is not 100% came off, and you saw the wrap that he has on uh, on his leg. I completely agree with you when it comes to Tyler Adams about how uh, how ultimately he was the, the man of the match for uh, for the U.S. But again, you know, Greg Berhalter also needs to be assessed, and the lack of changes at halftime or the adjustments or the understanding that they were going to change, I think that that has to be concerning. Now, the two big lineup decisions he made were Tim Ream and Josh Sargent. How do you think those two went? Josh Sargent was, you know, good. Look, ultimately on the goal, he came back and held the ball and, and it resulted in, uh, in Christian Pulisic, you know, bombing through and then dropping it away. By the way, that second touch from Christian Pulisic that sets him away and enables him to have that space to be able to look up, just uh, a wonderful piece of, uh, piece of, uh, of footwork. Um, I was a little concerned uh, with, well, Jesus Ferreira, it's really interesting that we didn't see him in how important he has been. And then ultimately, he's not even coming off the bench. So it was a little strange. And Haji Wright does. Yeah, and Haji Wright does. A guy that you were shocked uh, was even on the squad in this crucial moment in the game. He's the guy that Greg Berhalter turns to. Yeah, he gets in. It's a strange game. And in a way, you know, American soccer fans – because we have higher expectations, it's good, I think, if we're feeling right now, you know, the the pain and the angst and even the anger of not getting what we felt this this game deserved in terms of a U.S. perspective. I guess I guess that's progress because we, we shouldn't ever be just happy to be at a World Cup. That that should not be the case. And after a game like that, I think mature teams look back and say, no, we are better than Wales, we should have found a way to be ruthless in that first half and shut up shop, or 
We should have anticipated that things were going to change and been able to adjust to a team changing. Because when Wales in that second half starts to put their foot on the gas and starts to press higher, what they're really doing is giving us space behind. And never, at least most, most of the times, we rarely, rarely were able to get back. And Christian Pulisic, while I think he had a good game, he did not have a great game. And there were times, especially after the U.S. went up one, one nothing, where he would get the ball on that left-hand side and then just kind of slow it down. And I, I don't know. I think you really need to, in, in that moment, recognize that your opponent is vulnerable and go for the jugular. And they didn't do that. By the way, I don't know where the referee found 10 minutes of second-half stoppage time. <laughs> the timing in, the world, in this World Cup is, is interesting, to say the least. It's almost like Copa Libertadores. Like. Right? Oh. And, and there was a scary moment at the very end there where Turner came out, the oh ball pops to Gareth Bale, and, 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 and he Kellen got Acosta fouled. Kellen Acosta thankfully yeah. said, no, we're <laughs> not going to have LAFC any of that. We are, we, are, <laughs> we are definitely not going to uh, have anything like that. Uh, changes uh, when it comes to the lineup uh, going forward against England. What do you think? Uh, I think center forward is still up in the air. I don't think Sargent did enough to guarantee that he starts another game. I'm very intrigued by that Aronson-McKinney substitution. If Weston is not 100% healthy and he's plus he's on a yellow, uh, I could see Aronson starting. That changes the configuration of the midfield. Then you play that double pivot with Aronson as a 10. But I think Greg Berhalter is kind of itching to do that anyway, and now he has a pretty good excuse. Yeah, I mean, the, the Ferreira thing is really interesting, given, like I said, how much time and how many starts he uh, has had. Now, when, when people that are watching or listening, they sleep on it, as we will. In the harsh light of the morning, will, will it still look as, I guess, depressing as it does right now? to not have gotten the three points, or will, will we all wake up with a renewed sense of possibility and, and positivity? Um, I think the frustration will linger. Uh, listen, we were pumping the stats tonight. Um, in this current World Cup format, uh, the last six since 1998, 59% of the teams that drew their first game advanced. The U.S. in their entire World Cup history has always advanced whenever they avoided defeat in their first game. So there are some good omens there. But, again, I keep going back to the U.S. is a better team than Wales. They dominated a good chunk of this game, and, and they were ahead until the 80-something minutes. So how could you not come away from this game with a sense of frustration? And, and I want to be fair to the team because when they're pressing, and they're pressing high, and they're pressing every single moment of the half, that can take it out of you. And I, and I recognize that fatigue can set in. But that has to be calculated in in terms of what is going on. If you can't sustain that level of press uh, on a consistent basis all over the field, which is ultimately what made that first half so successful to the U.S., then you have to have a plan B. You have to be able to adjust. And if it's a, a much lower b- block, if it's o- allowing uh, the opposition, even in this case where they didn't want the ball the entire first half, to, uh, to, uh, to have the ball, that adjustment never came. And they looked, the U.S. looked bewildered as to the team that showed up in the second half from a Wales perspective, that they could possibly flick that switch, and they did. And Gareth Bale, in his interview after the game, said, we were bad the first half, and the U.S. was good, and then Wales was good, and the U.S. was bad. So I guess, in total, it's a fair result. Uh, my final comment will be my stat of the night. And okay. As you know, I always have to work right, Brazil into these things. Uh, Timothy Weah became the first player to score a World Cup goal against Wales since a 17-year-old Pele did it in the 1958 quarterfinals. 
Uh, Timothy Way, also the the first member of the Way of family to score a World Cup goal. He has something over his father now. So. Right. Yeah. I mean, and he took it well. It was yeah. a it was a very pretty goal. I know. You know, we saw the celebrations. We were going crazy here, and we thought, oh, this is going to be easy. And the rest of the half, it was easy. The U.S. knocking it around. Even when they lost possession, it was if Wales just did not even want to touch the ball. Gave it back very very quickly. Although the U.S. also should be commended in the way that they pressed and immediately won back the ball. The problem is they didn't do anything uh, with this gift. And I think ultimately. If the U.S. I, I hope this doesn't happen. I hope your your stats, you know, prove true in terms of uh, going on. But if it doesn't, I think they're going to look long and hard at that first game as a uh, missed opportunity. Anything else, Mossy? That's it. All right. Listen, I, as I said, I don't want to be all doom and gloom. I, I don't want to because, and I'm not. You know, I I think we have evolved. I think we have matured. Where we look at a game like that, and yes. In the past, we could always look at the glass half full. But in that type of situation, I think a lot of people are going to look at it and say, man, oh, man, we let one get away. And that happens because the best laid plans oftentimes are thrown out the window. And things can happen, some very, very weird things going forward. I will look forward to not just the 11 that Greg Berhalter is going to throw out there, but the attitude of that 11 against England. Having England already just, I mean, kicked the crap out of Iran, and they're going to be flying, feeling good about themselves, and it's up to the U.S. to kind of regroup, recognize where they uh, where they messed up, and uh, and fix it. Uh, we will have a show tomorrow. Is that right, Mossy? Okay, all right. We're going to do some Sounds shows tomorrow. Good. <laughs> you look, you're, you're a little tired, right? Oh my goodness. Anyway, this has been uh, the State of the Union, uh, presented by State Farm. We appreciate everybody that's tuning in. We will continue to have more content when it comes to the State of the Union uh, in your feed. So check that out and continue to write and rate and review and download and do all the different things you do. We appreciate everybody hanging out with us. All right, it's a point. We'll take a point. I'm going to go half glass full. Onward and upward to Friday when the U.S. faces England. Uh, and until then, and as always, size the day. <laughs>